I want you to turn today, before we get to 1 Thessalonians, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to start over there today. Um, <clears throat> she's talking about the little kids and stuff. You know what? I, I, I just keep getting these letters from AARP. <laughs> you know, they just, and I just tear them up because, you know, I'm not about to admit that I'm qualified. <laughs> To sign up for AARP. But sometimes I hold on to them for like a week or something, just in case. Because the reason, this is the only reason, not because I'm admitting that I'm old. The only reason is because I'm cheap. And because you can get discounts in different places if you got that card, right? So, like I, I, I hold on to it and I think, oh, think of all the discounts I get. But then I'd have to be like agreeing. And accepting this. It says retired persons. I'm not retired anyway, so that's what AARP stands for. But anyways, I read this. Uh, <clears throat> somebody wrote this. <clears throat> it says, I feel like my body has gotten totally out of shape, so I got my doctor's permission to join a fitness club and start exercising. Good, good idea. So I decided to take an aerobics class for seniors. I bent, twisted, gyrated, jumped up and down, and perspired for an hour. But by the time I got my leotards on, the class was over. <laughs> there was a reporter. She was, inter she was interviewing a 104-year-old woman, right? And, and, and she asked, what do you think is the best thing about being 104? And this is what she said. This is what she said. No peer pressure. I like that. There was the other woman who she was making her will, and she told the preacher that she had two final requests. She wanted to be cremated, and second, she wanted her ashes spread over Walmart. Like, that's kind of strange, right? And he says, why? Why Walmart? She says, then I'll be sure my daughters visit me twice a week. <laughs> I like that. But this last one, I think, fits pretty well. My, memory, my memory's not as sharp as it used to be. Also, my memory's not as sharp as it used to be. <laughs> we talked last time about Jesus coming back, right? Any of you remember that? <laughs> if you were here? And, and really, the question was when, and, but really, the, what came out of the passage was really that we need to be ready. The question is when, but we don't really know exactly when, but to be ready and to have your bags packed. Remember I talked about that, having your bags packed right here and ready by the door. We don't really know when, exactly when. We, we kind of have some ideas of some of the things that are going on in the world, but we need to be ready and watch every day. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He said, you must also be ready. The Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. He said, who then is the faithful, wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. So to stay busy and to do what, we're, what we've been called to do when he comes, when he returns, to be ready. Now for the believer, it's all about hope, this return of Jesus. But for the unbeliever, it's really not so hopeful. For the unbeliever, it's, it's scary. 
It's a, it's a horrible thing. It's really, it's about destruction. It's about separation. It's about this plan of, of God for the, for the planet, and, and it, ha- it includes some pretty horrifying things if you read the book. But I was thinking about this, <clears throat> you know, using analogies sometimes break down, but <clears throat> sort of like the body breaks down. Um, but I was thinking about these bags, you know, we have them packed and we, you know, we're ready, we, we have them ready by the door. Like, you know, when you're expecting the child, you have your bag packed there ready by the door. And, and, but, but I was thinking about this, what, what, do we, what do we actually, if we're going to have bags packed and ready to take with us, what actually can we have in the bags, right? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Because, you know, I, 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 I was going to bring a whole bunch of money, but I didn't have much, so I couldn't bring it. And, uh, you know, it's like... There's, not, there's nothing in there. So if I had all my money, I could put it right in there, right, and I could take it with me, right? I could, I could bring this suitcase full of money. And I, funny, that there's only one thing in here. It's like a guitar pick. That's a good thing to take because <laughs> we're going to be playing instruments in heaven, so it's good to bring that, I think, right? But what can we take? You know, can we take our cash with us? Can we take our possessions with us? Can we take our positions with us? Can we take our achievements? What can we take with us? You know the question, they said, well, how much did he leave? And you know the answer, right? All of it. How much did he leave? He left all of it. In Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, he wrote these words, Naked a man comes from his mother's womb, and as he comes, so he departs. He takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his hand. Not nothing that you can take. I'm just going to bring this with me when I go. When Jesus returns for me, I'm going to hold on to this particular thing and I'm going to take it with me. And he goes, no, I don't think so. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things that we're going to have that that we are going to take there with us. And that's what I want to answer that question before we get to 1 Thessalonians. You're at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 5. He says there, what after all is Apollos, what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Notice that. They were having these debates, you know, which one is the best? Who should we follow? Who, should, you know, who are you with? Who are, you know, who's your guy? But he says they're just servants whom... You, through whom you came to believe, but the Lord has as assigned to each his task. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. They each had something to do. They each had a task. They each had a gift and a calling, really, from God. Look down in verse 10 now. He says, by the grace that God has given me, Paul speaking for himself, he says, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold or silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, the day will bring it to light. And it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, 
he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. I find that interesting. See, there, is, there are some things that, that we're going to take with us, that, that we're, going to, we're going to find that the Lord has, a, has rewards. And this is what he's talking about here, building on the foundation that the only foundation is Jesus. There's no other foundation to build upon. We can't build upon anything else, nothing of ourselves. But he says, be careful. Each one should be careful how he builds. Is it going to get through that transition time, that day? Or is it just like straw, just going to burn right up and nothing be there? It doesn't mean that we're saved by works. Be careful about that, thinking that way. We're not saved by works. We are not saved by works. But the things we do, we are going to be able to offer them to him, you see. And so we, we need to think about this. How much are we going to take with us? We're not going to take any of the stuff. But what about our lives? Jesus said, don't store for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? Where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there, there your heart will be also. Something to think about. Yeah, we're ready and we're waiting. We have our bags packed, but, but what do we have in the bags? Not the stuff, but, but our lives. How we lived our lives. Jesus said, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Something about just giving to people. Here's, a, here's something he said, too. This is tough, though. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything, getting anything back. Then your reward will be great. But Colossians, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ that you are serving. There's something about serving with all of our hearts. So what can we take with us? Today, <clears throat> I want to think about this. Have you ever heard that expression, the, the lights are on the, and nobody's home? <clears throat> Is it cold in here? <clears throat> I feel a little cold. Can we kick that up like 10 degrees? No, just one, just one. <laughs> be sweating in here. The lights are on and nobody's home. You know, um, they usually say that about people, right? I know you're probably saying that about me just about every Sunday. Well, the lights are on, but there's like nobody home in there. Like he's, he acts like he's alive and he's awake, but like there's, not, there's nothing in there. Maybe that's the way you feel about it sometimes. I know I feel like that sometimes too. The lights are on, but, but nobody's home. And, and that seems to me like a real waste of electricity. <clears throat> but today, what I want to... <laughs> What I want to think about is that, that the lights are on and Jesus is home, you see. And of course, I'm talking about within us. The lights are on and Jesus is home. His home is really in our hearts. While we wait for him to take us home to heaven, we have a permanent home, but, but he's also got a home right here within us. So let's turn now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want, to, I want to read that passage there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
the lights are on in Jesus' home. Verses 4 through 8. He says, But you brothers are not in darkness, so that this day, the day we've been talking about his return, should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us be like others. Let us not be like others, excuse me, who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope, the hope of salvation as a helmet. Let's pray. Oh, oh Father, we thank you that you have given us light. You have changed us by the light of who you are, Lord. And we pray today that, that you would open our eyes to understand your word and what you want to say to each one of us, Lord. And, and Father, I pray you'd also challenge each one of us on, on our purpose in this life and, and our purpose in this world, that, that you do have a, a ministry, a calling, and, and a task, Lord, for each one of us to serve you some way, somehow, somewhere. In Jesus' name. One of, one of the most incredible things that Jesus said this, he said this, I am the light of the world. Jesus said that about himself, right? He said, I am the light of the world. But he didn't just say that. He says, following those words, he says this, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's an incredible statement. That's an incredible contrast between darkness and life and light. And, and throughout the Bible, we see this contrast is like over and over and over again. We're going to look at a number of those passages that, that deal with it. But this contrast between darkness and light. And Jesus said that he was the light of the world. Now, we know the world is not a very bright place. It's, it's fairly dark. And the reason for that, of course, is the fall of mankind. Sin entered the world, and when sin entered the world, death came into the world, and darkness entered the world, and, and, and it, it, it's basically the, the situation. But, but the Father sent His Son to bring light and hope into the world. And He said that whoever would follow Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's a promise from the Word of God. That's a promise from the mouth of Jesus. Sometimes we think, well, you know, there's, I'm walking in darkness right now. Maybe we're not following Him in some cases. Or maybe in some cases we are following Him, but, but we, just, we just really don't get what's going on. We don't really understand that He is with us that he is taking care of us. We went to a memorial service yesterday for Tony Marinelli, and, and, and Tony uh, was a pastor down in Cape Cod, and, and he got a, a, a horrible, horrible uh, disease, and, and uh, it, just, it just turned his life uh, upside down, and he couldn't see, he couldn't talk, he couldn't eat, he couldn't, all the things that, that really made up a part of who he was, he couldn't do anymore. But he wrote a letter, he could still type, you know, and he wrote a letter to one of the guys there in that church, and he talked about the fact that, you know, 
for so long, he, he said it was, like, it was like darkness, it was like ugly, it was horrible. But, but there came a point when, when he began to understand that Jesus was right there with him in the middle of it. And I think for him, that's when he began to see the light of where he was. Though the outward circumstances looked horrible and dark, Jesus was there with him in the middle of it. And Jesus is with us in the middle of it, that we will have the light of life. The lights are on. And Jesus is home. We're never going to walk in darkness because we have the Lord Jesus Christ living within us. We have the light of, of his life within us. But sometimes, again, we, we begin to focus on the dark. We begin to focus on those things that are dark and we, we forget that the light has come and Jesus has given us his light. Look at verse 4 again. He said that there, you are not. You are not in darkness so that this day should, take, should surprise you as a thief. You are not in darkness. We are not in darkness. The lights are on. We've got we to gotta think about what he's saying here. You are not in darkness. We are looking, we're watching, we're waiting for his return, but we're not in the dark about it. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but, but we, we understand that it is going to happen. Those people that are in the dark, they don't think that he's going to return. They don't have any hope in his return. Have you ever been, <clears throat> have you ever been in a really, really dark place? We were putting the grandkids to bed the other night. We're allowed to do that every now and then. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it sometimes stretches out for like, it's supposed to be like, you know, okay, good night, pray, you know, then go to bed and okay. But, but it stretches out. So, you know, um, my wife says, well, this is going to have to end. <laughs> so she turned off the light. And it got so dark in there, and the oldest one started crying. I'm going like, this isn't good. The parents are going to come home, and, they're, and the next day they're going to say, you wouldn't believe what they did to us, what happened. They frightened us. They were scared. They made us so scared. Have you ever been in a really, really dark place? The world around us is a pretty dark place. And, and, then you, and then you turn on the light. And what a change it is. Radical change. You turn on it. It can be the smallest little light. You know that little light with your computer? It's got the little cord that charges it at night. You know, during the day, you can't even see that thing's on. But in the middle of the night, when it's really dark, that thing is like glowing blue. It's like the whole room is lit up by this tiny, little, tiny, tiny blue light. Maybe you don't have that brand. You know what I'm talking about, some of you. What a change the light brings. But he says that you are not in darkness. Why? Because Jesus came and you have the light of life inside you, this change inside of us. The change is in sight. It may not be around us. You see, that's what I was trying to say. The, the darkness is still around, but, but something is different on the inside. And that's the way God works. He works from the inside out. He doesn't work from the outside in to make us all cool and everything and look good and then start to work on our hearts. No, He always starts in the heart and works His way out. And that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, God said, 
who said, let light shine out of darkness. It says he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He made his light shine in our hearts. That's where it is. It's, 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 it's the work he's doing inside of us. Is Jesus Christ, the light of life living within us. We are vessels the temple of God's Holy Spirit, the temple of that light. Look at verse 5. He says there, you are all sons of the light and sons of the day. Some versions say children. It really includes both, sons and daughters. You are all sons and daughters of the light and sons and daughters of the day. Now, does that mean you always feel that way? No, but this is what he's saying. You're a son and daughter of the light of the day. I just had to stop and think for a second about the opposite of that. If you're not that, then what are you? A son of the darkness. A son of the night. That doesn't even sound good, does it? A son of the darkness. I don't want to be a son of the darkness. I want to be what God is, is talking about here. A son of the light and a son of the day. Notice it says there, we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. We don't belong to the night or the dark, to the darkness. The, the, the night and the darkness and, and the way he's using it here, he's saying it does not own us. We have a brand new owner. We have a new owner and, 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 and he is, he's all about the light. He's not about the darkness. Paul said in Colossians that, that he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We don't belong to the night. It doesn't own us. We've been rescued from its dominion because it, it, there's a, like a dominion, like, there's like a power of darkness, right, that, that can control. And for those that don't have the light of life, the life of Jesus, that's really what the controlling force is, is, is just the dominion, this dominion of darkness in this dark, evil world. Peter said that God has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's not something we think about much, though, is it? We don't walk around thinking, I'm a child of light, I'm a child of the day. I'm, I don't belong to the darkness anymore. It's not something we think about. But it's a big deal here to Paul. He says, we've been rescued, we've been called out. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, back a couple books there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> Look what he says there, for you, verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You were once darkness. Not only were we under the dominion of darkness, not only did we belong to the darkness, we were dark ourselves. We actually were dark. But he says, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. 
for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Live as children of light. That's kind of like the, the practical application of this idea is that if we are children of light, we need to live like children of light. That, that we, we live our lives, we walk in the light as He in the, is in the light. First John says we have fellowship with one another. We have these things like he's talking about here, goodness and righteousness and truth. We have the, the fruit of, of the Holy Spirit working itself out in our lives. Live as children of light. Don't live. He says we were once darkness. Don't have nothing to do with that anymore. There's been a change. Been a change. Back to 1 Thessalonians 5. In verse 6, he says, So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. If there's been a light that happens in our lives, he says, let, let us be alert. Let's, let's be watching. Let's, let's have our eyes open. And be self-controlled, temperate, sober, some versions say. Not like those who are asleep, they're out of it, they're not paying any attention. Not like those who have no self-control, just completely out of control. That's not who we are, he's saying here. That's not who we are to be like that. Do you know what, uh, you know what window darkening shades are? <clears throat> you know, they come in different levels of darkening and you can get some that are just sort of stop some light and then some, some that start more and then some like really, really dark. And, and if, if you, you know, need a really dark room to sleep in, you got to get the, the thickest and darkest ones, you know. But it, it stops the light from coming in, right? But also you pull those down at night so that the light can also get out, right? That happens too. You go around at night, right, and you pull the, sh the shades down so, so nobody can look in at you and, you know, whatever. That's weird. <laughs> but I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 because we, I made a big point about Jesus saying that he was the light of the world, but, but look what he, he also said in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Okay, you can turn the heat down now. People are starting to squirm. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Look what he says there. He says, you are the light of the world. And a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus said he was, but I thought Jesus said he was the light of the world. Now Jesus is saying here that we are the light of the world. Well, which is it? I'm, I'm a little bit confused. The lights are on in no one's home. So which is it? Well, I think it's obvious that Jesus being the light of the world, when he comes to live within us and lets his light shine within us, that we then become the lights of the world because of his light within us, right? 
It's not like I've got, I don't have a bit of light that I can shine out to anyone. I just don't have it. It's not there. But with Jesus in me, the light of life shining in my life and in my heart, he says, let that light shine. Let your light shine before men. But too often, isn't that what, what we do? We get those light darkening shades and we pull them down. That's what he said there. You, you light a lamp, you put it under a bowl and you block the light from getting out. If we are, as Paul says, if we are, as Jesus says, the, the light in the world and, and we are children of light, children of day, we've got to let that light get out to the people around us in this very, very dark world. I think that's something that we're going to be able to take with us. That, that we let light shine. Not our light. Not my light, but the light of Jesus. We let His light shine. We let it shine around to those around us. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. Sometimes that's what I think we think. that Because I'm not perfect, I really have got nothing to share. I've got nothing to shine. No, no way to, to let anybody know. But... But the grace of God is shining the light knowing that we're imperfect. Is that, that He's given us His light and His love despite the fact that we're imperfect, despite the fact that we're just dirt bags, right? That's what grace is. Unmerited favor. Back to 1 Thessalonians verse 7. He says, for those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. You hear people talk about that, you know, uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of a night person. How many of you are like night people? You shouldn't say that. <laughs> right? In a different context. How many of you are like morning people? I'm more of a morning person. But what he's saying here in this passage is that, that we, as, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are day people. We are light. We're, we're, we belong to the day. Did you notice he says that? We, since we belong to the day, we belong to the day, to the light, the light of light. So to live as children of light should be our goal, should be what comes out of us in our lives. He says faith, hope, and love. He started the book with those three things as well. Put faith and love over our hearts to protect us. Notice the, the imagery of battle, of course. We can't get away from that either. Yeah, we're, we're, we're called to let our light shine, but there's also a battle that's taking place. It's not just going to be, well, you, you know, you're so bright, rich. You're so bright, Richard. I, I just love it. No, it's like, who do you think you are? You know, telling me, you know, and you don't even say a word to them, and it's like, who do you think you are judging me? And you didn't even say anything. Well, no, you just, the light of the, the, the love of Jesus is coming out of your life and heart, and, and people are just like, 
They sense it. There's something about you. Something about us. It's the light of Jesus. But it's a battle. There's a battle. We're not in the darkness, though. We don't belong to the darkness. It doesn't have dominion over us. We temporarily reside here. But when you can read to the end of the book and find out what our permanent home is, it says that they don't even need the sun or the moon there. Not needed. Why? Because it says the Lamb. God himself is the light there. It's going to be bright. There's no need for a sun or moon. Never going to get dark. No nighttime. No, no wicked stuff taking place at night. I think what he's saying here, too, is that a lot of the crimes and a lot of the things that the, the, the evil things happen at night. That's pretty you know, obvious. You, read, you hear the news and the next morning, well, look what happened last night at 3 a.m. over at Club So-and-So. And then they shut it down for about an hour and then reopen again. I want you to turn with me to first uh, Romans chapter 13. We'll close there. <clears throat> Romans chapter 13. Did I say you guys are looking pretty bright today? I didn't say that yet, but you're looking really bright. Do you feel bright? Maybe not. Is it based on feelings? Or is it based on what the Word of God says, that we are children of light? We're not in darkness. We are not in darkness. We do not belong to the darkness. Darkness has no dominion over me. It do, I do not have to follow the darkness. I do not because I belong to the day. I belong to God. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse 11. He says, and do this. Wait a minute. Is that right? And do this understanding of the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. He was saying the same thing back in Thessalonians. Wake up. Don't be asleep like others. And, and, and even as believers, we can kind of lull ourselves to sleep. And close our eyes and, and not be paying attention. And kind of lose that, that position that... that Self-control would, would uh, have for us. But, you know, we're one day closer to our salvation, to that return of Jesus, to us being with Him. We're one day closer today than we were yesterday. We are closer now than we were before. Than when we first believed, definitely. Look at verse 12. He says, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh or the sinful nature. Put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's getting close. The day is almost here. The night is nearly over. We are not in the dark that that day should take us by surprise, Paul said. 
The night is nearly over. We need to be ready. We, 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 we can't waste time being involved in the darkness of this world. We don't have time for it. We belong to the day. So while we look for, for His return, live as children of light, is what He said. And we won't be caught off guard. The lights are on in Jesus' home close with this quote one man said this he said we're not in the dark about the future or about how to live our lives here and now jesus is coming and so we exercise self-control and keep our values in harmony with his jesus is coming and we set faith and love as a guard over our hearts jesus is coming and so our perspective is shaped by the certain hope of his appearance not to judge us, but to rescue us from the wrath that's about to fall on our lost world. Jesus is coming. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us that hope, the blessed hope of our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, returning for us. But Lord, until then, until that, until that day, until that hour, until that moment when we are taken until that moment when we uh, perhaps die and, and, and go to be with Him. Father, I pray that You would, would open our eyes to be alert, to live for You, to have some sober, temperate self-control in our lives, that, that we might live lives that, that, re, that reflect the light that You have put in us. God, uh, it's so easy for us to fall into the ways of the world and, and to fall into temptation and, and to let the darkness uh, try to, to take back territory that, that uh, you have uh, taken away from the darkness. We pray today, Lord, that you would help us to walk as children of light, that the people around us might see and give glory to our great God and, and say, I want, I want light in my life too tired of this darkness. Father, I pray maybe for some who are suffering today and it, it feels like darkness, but I, 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 just, I just know because your word makes it so clear that you are with them, that you have brought light and maybe it's not light on the outside, but the inside has is, is got the light of, of the, the face of Jesus Christ and he wants to shine inside of you and walk with you through this darkness the valley of the shadow of death, perhaps. Father, I pray also this morning for any who have never received this light, the, the love of Jesus Christ, have never, have never opened up their hearts to Jesus Christ as Savior, as Lord. And, and if that's you today, the darkness is within, but, but Jesus will turn the light on and, and, and the darkness will have to flee as you let him in, the light of the world, into your life. And all you need to do is, is, is simply sincerely and truthfully and honestly open your life and say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I, I, I trust in you. I, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. I, I got nothing. But you died on that cross for me so that I could have life and light. And I let you in. I... I ask you in today, here, in February 2014, February 9th.
Father, thank you for what you've given us, Lord. Help us to open our eyes to see it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we? <clears throat>